It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, a weekly devotional. I am constantly surprised and amazed and astonished that I'm blessed to be here with Pastor Charlie Eastman of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. And I am sure and certain in the hope that I will always be here on once a week. I was going to say what day it was, but it's different now. Uh, and I'm here with... This isn't so smooth this week. With Pastor Jonathan Malone of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Do you know what my superpower would be, Charlie? What would your superpower be? I would be the giggler. And the I would giggler. just start to giggle and it would immediately throw everyone else off their groove. I like that. Yeah. My superpower would be the, I'd, I'd be called um, Long, and I'd be the hero that was the best at the Irish goodbye. Just <laughs> ghosting out of the party at the end of the night. Never saw him leave. Wow. Yeah, that's a good Long strikes again. Now, could you leave at any time though? Would it have to be near the end of the party or could you show up and then If it's just... going to be a true Irish goodbye, it's near the end is my understanding. So that's kind of a power and a curse. But far before anyone else would expect you to leave. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, you just turn around and he's gone. He's gone. He's gone again, isn't he? And I would just start giggling and make everyone forget what they were talking about. See? And they don't, gone. they don't start laughing as well. It doesn't make them laugh. It just throws them off whatever it is they were doing. I like it. It's a disruptive, disruptive superpower. Disruptive in, in a playful, childish kind of I have of a way. feeling we're going to get to why we're going on about superpowers in a minute. But first... Tell us what's going on at First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Uh, things are, we're continuing to go through Lent in, in uh, just a lovely fashion. I was going to say we're having fun, but that's not really. <laughs> Happy Lent. Yeah, hooray. Uh, yeah. No, Lent, Lent is continuing in, in a good fashion. Um, you know, I think we're, we're in a nice groove. Next Tuesday on March 9th, I'll be doing a, a Jewish Christian dialogue with the rabbi Aaron Filmus from 1230 to 1:30 on Zoom and we're talking about sin and repentance. I'll be sending out Ooh, the, the link for nice that. Nice and light. Yeah, yeah, we're starting it easy and then we're going to hit mm-hmm. the heavy stuff a little bit later. Uh, but that'll you. be a 3-week series of he and I um, dialoguing and then you know hearing your questions and and just That's fun. Yeah. But it's Wednesday at 12:30. Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday the 9th right. at 12:30. Uh, because Wednesday we have Bible study from eleven thirty to twelve thirty, and I just yeah. I just can't do everything. I can't. I try. All right, but I can't. Uh, and I want to remind folks that um, throughout Lent, I'm giving you little tasks to do for each week. Last week, I asked you, I invited you to write down thirty five blessings and thirty five anxieties, and I've heard some great stuff from people about how that might have been difficult or easy or. Those kind of things. And this week, just do something nice for your neighbor. Mm. You know, it's something out of the norm. If you always take the paper in for your neighbor, keep doing that, but that doesn't count. Uh, it needs to be something that you wouldn't normally do. Go pick up sticks in their yard. Yeah. yeah after, There's doubtless some after last night. Holy cow. That what a blow be. we had in New England. Yeah, boy. It was amazing. So, yeah. So that's that's it. And, you know, Easter's Wonderful. coming. Get ready. Easter's coming. Get ready. Get ready. How's uh, How are things at Pilgrim Congregational Church? 
It is well with my soul and my church. Nice. We are moving along through the morass of recommendations about how and when to open our doors and gather mm. in person again. It has been a source of constant conversation, and I'm sure it will continue. Yeah, um, We've got folks in the church that would love to open. We've got folks that really want to be cautious. And of course, right on time, we get the, the CDC director jumping into the fray yesterday with, hold on! <laughs> Oh, really? Don't do it the way you're doing it. We're headed for another spike. So, you know, we're just going to we're just going to wait and see, but it remains a topic of constant conversation. And people mm. should know that we're we're constantly in it and talking about it. Um a few things to talk about. One is um the Lenten series Covenants mm-hmm. continues. Right. We uh we started um last Wednesday and it continues this Wednesday at 12:30 and 7:30. Uh, well, and all future Wednesdays, and some of you will be hearing this after Wednesday, certainly. Uh, but we gather, we talk about um, our Lenten journeys, we share resources, and we talk about different aspects of the covenant. And this week we're going to be talking about the the hope of the covenant, the mm. note of hope that's portrayed to Abraham and Sarah, and what that means for our sense of hope in God. Um, we're starting our Easter baskets project nice. uh, for the Pathways Shelter in Framingham. This is a, a shelter for homeless families, and every Easter we make special baskets full of useful things and fun things, and just to support the families that come through there, uh, we get to touch dozens of folks' lives um, over the course of that ministry. So thanks to everyone who's already contributed, and uh, be in touch with Catherine and Carol if you'd like to uh, make further contributions. Very um, nice. Other than that, I think we're probably good. Yeah. I'll announce other things as they develop. Well, we're we're now in our our rhythm of Lent, aren't we? Yes. We're, we're two weeks in Very now. Very much so. So yeah, it's good to be in a place where we we know what we know what's happening. That's right. So that's right. I so you feeling super? I'm feeling pretty super, and that right. is a super segue. I'll bet you're feeling super because you've been reading a super fantastic graphic, well, for us it's a graphic novel, but right. originally it was released as a multi-part and is still being released as a multi-part right. comic series. Would they call and this today the paper trade? The, the I have the... Trade paperback. The tra- so you I have, got the trade paperback. I have the trade paperback. I have the... Uh, you have the digital. Comixology app on my iPad. Oh, but nice. fortunately, unlike the Audible books, it has page numbers. Well, so we will be able to talk about this with actual page numbers. Thanks, Comixology app. Yeah. So we uh, brief, should... Go ahead. Go ahead. Brief segue. If, if you read comics in any way, shape, or form and you don't want a house full of comics... I highly recommend the Comixology app to read comics on. It's a revelation. Yeah. And they even have a subscription model where you can get access to thousands of books for, I think, five bucks or something yeah. a month. They make it really easy. So that's. But we're going to focus on one particular one. Yeah. Um, I want to give credit where credit's due. I listened to a, a podcast called iFanboy, uh, and it, it is a really good comic review show, a weekly show. Um, where they talk about the comics that come out that week and such, and and that's where they reference this comic. And so, thank you to. I mean, they don't listen to this; and they don't care. But still, it's if you're looking for a comic book podcast, they're good. So this is uh, Second Coming. Uh, it's the name of the comic by uh, Mark Russell, uh, Richard Pace, Leonard Kirk, Andrew. I should say who's doing what. Andy Troy, Rob Steen. I don't know who's doing what there. Where's that listed? Uh, Richard Pace oh, is the artist. There it is. Yes. Leonard Kirk is the finisher. 
Yep. Andy Troy does color on the Sunstar pages, and Rob Steen is doing the lettering. Yes. And then there's various cover artists, et cetera. Right, right. Uh, so Comics are a deeply collaborative art. Yeah, they really are, which is really cool. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. And, and uh, so we read, we're going to talk about, we're going to take the next three episodes to talk about this because there's just so much good stuff in it. Right. So this is Second Coming. Yep. Part one. Part one. Part one of three. Oh, and, and the second second coming, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's right. A couple of caveats. Um, do we recommend you read it? Depending mm-hmm. on your age, yes. Right. Um, be aware that there's some language, and there's not a lot of nudity, but there's just enough to make some people squeamish. Uh, and there's a little bit of violence. Like, the violence gets, is for the most part, comic booky, but there's a little bit of what I would say pushes it to the edge of, of mature audience. If you're not used to comics, if you're not used to comic art, mm. you might find some of the violent depictions of certain things happening to people to be a bit much. But if you are a regular comics reader, you won't notice this probably much yeah. at all. I think I one say. recommended, Amazon said 16 Can, and older is recommended. Right. Can we take a sidebar and just talk about the fact that we're talking about a comic at all? Yeah, sure, yeah. Just just briefly. I think it's if you haven't been following the the comic arts folks, um you are missing out on a rich mm. and varied uh art opportunity. There is it, reading a comic is like and maybe I've said this here on the podcast before, I don't know, but reading a comic is like watching a movie. It's all there on the page. It's it's visual. They show more than they tell, mm-hmm. most of them. The graphics are am- amazing and rich. The, the dialogue is fast-paced. The bar has risen in the comic art oh, yeah. over the last 20 years um, am- amazingly high. And now many, many, if not most, of the action movies that are released in a year mm-hmm. are comic properties. And some of the dramas as well oh, yeah. are, are based on graphic novels. Well, so a lot of the graphic... shows on, on Netflix are based on yeah. stories from comics. Yeah, they... And I don't know if this is true in non-English-speaking countries, but in English-speaking countries, in Britain, in the United States, and other countries, this is – it's huge. And, and please don't turn your back on comic arts and seek mm. out comics that are interesting to you. There are historical comics. There are, anyway, just a, a plea that you don't yeah. just set comics aside because you think they're for kids um, or they're too yeah. weird. There's, there's a comic out there for everybody. It's a great art form, and I love supporting and, it. And I'll say one of the previous episodes I did on the 12 and Up podcast, which this is a part of, um, I did with John Hedricks, who's a, an illustrator and author, and he did a graphic novel of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And we had a good mm-hmm. conversation, not just about that, but about graphic novels, comics in oh, general. Wonderful. And I'll put what that, episode number do you know? I Not off the top of my head, but right, I'll we'll link it in it. the we'll show notes yeah. and uh, encourage people. If you're interested, go listen to that. So you listen to uh, one of the creators, uh, and, and he talks about other comics that are really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this was, I mean, this was fun. I, I understand this was originally on, it's a, on Ahoy Comics, and I think the second volume um, is on a different publisher because there were mm-hmm. some issues, um, yep. some pushback. So we have the issue, first, of, uh, of Jesus portrayed in popular culture, yep. which is problematic sometimes. Sometimes it's good. Can be. Can be. It always, yeah. it always raises people's hackles, whether it's something as respectful as... As uh, the last, oh, what was the movie? The the 
with the Mel Gibson movie. What was oh, that? The Passion? The Passion of the Christ, which is a very, I would say, respectful portrayal of Jesus, whether you, whether you like what sure. happens in that movie or not. It's, it's, it tries to be canonically right. a, uh, congruent, as opposed to a film like Dogma by... Right. Uh, Kevin uh, Smith. What's his name? Kevin Smith and Company, which is a very you know, jokey and hokey. And even though Kevin Smith does claim a Christian hmm. background and, and interest... It's it still pushes the envelope a bit much for folks, and then kind of in between is probably the last temptation of Christ, right. where the more human aspects of Jesus are noted. And where do you place this one? Where, where do you think I would put Second this, Coming is? I would put this closer to Dogma. Um, that that it, I think it is very jokey. It's very. I mean, there's some great jokes mm-hmm. in in this. Some really funny jokes, um, but still, there's a. I think with dogma, what there is is there isn't. There's a there's a difference between making fun of religion and making fun of Christ. Hmm. And I see like dogma is making fun of religion. Um, yeah. This yeah. book, I don't think is doing that. There's something else going on. Right. That's, oh, and spoiler alert. Oh yeah, we're gonna. We spo- are gonna spoil the heck out of this book for you. So if you want to read it without hearing us, you, you do need to stop this podcast now. Go get a copy and read it, and then come back to our commentary. We're going to talk about plot points. Yeah. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So if so, that won't ruin the book for you, listen on. Yeah, but yeah, or the, otherwise, I mean, be spoiled for the... We're only going to talk about uh, the volume, or what is it, issues one and two. That's right. So, And maybe you'll be inspired to get the, the whole thing that collects. The book we're talking about is a graphic novel that collects issues one through six. Yes. In one volume. It's called Volume One of Second Coming. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say this is more towards the jokey side to a point, and it's, okay. um, the critique is really interesting. Hmm. Uh, that it isn't, I don't see this as a critique of uh, institutional religion so much. Maybe a little bit further on, um, we get a bit of that, but there, yeah, we do. there's something else going on. But it's so loving yeah. towards the person of the Christ. Oh my gosh, yeah. See, for me, this is less dogma and more in the last temptation of Christ mm. range of of uh, Jesus in popular culture because Jesus is so beloved of this author yeah. and so beloved yeah. in the portrayal. It's just again and again you see his the challenges that he faces in this comic, the frustrations that he has. It's never it's never a, a function of what a you know, oh, look, what a dummy. He doesn't understand how the modern world works or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's always his, it, there's almost a, a melancholy to the way he wishes people had right. gotten the message as opposed to the way they got it, but we'll get into that. So one person that I think is really interesting, a, a really interesting character, I know you, you might be thinking Sunstar, but I was thinking, um, we'll talk about him, but God. Yeah, God is... If anybody takes it on a, on the chin in this, I think it's God, it right? It really is. Uh, God is, uh, yeah, God is depicted as someone who's kind of a bossy, kind of in your face, kind of wants to be the center of attention. Very much so. Yeah. And, and maybe like, you know, that, that person that when he goes, when you're at a party, there's someone there who has the loudest laugh um, mm-hmm. and, and tells great stories. And you're like, I want to hang out with that guy. But then when you're on one-on-one with him, you're like, oh, this is not a really fun person to hang out with. 
that's yeah. that's kind of the picture of God that I got. I appreciate that sense of it. And God, and the picture of God is the white guy with the long white hair and the white beard, kind of the yeah you know, the current incarnation of Kurt Russell. I was thinking of uh, Kurt Russell. That's who I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, from the um, the second oh, uh, Guardians, of, Guardians the of the Galaxy yeah, movie. Yeah, he's got kind of that vibe. Um, he's he is bossy. He is he he's the kind of God. This is the depiction of God where. His intentions are always perfect because he's God, but everybody else keeps getting in the way. Yes. It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. And, and yeah. is that limiting? Is that anthropomorphizing God? Is that is that silly? Well, you know, I kind of go back to the old uh, line from Oh God, where George Burns mm. says, I appear to you in a form you can understand. And I think most of us yeah. reading reading this book can understand this kind of... God, because we've been told God, our God is a jealous God. I mean, that's straight out of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, our God is, you know, can be quick to anger. Our God is does not suffer uh, other gods. Our, our God, you know, all these things about God. And, and the author has taken those aspects of God and amplified them right. in this account. I, I want to, though, say I, it, you do have this sense. So the way the story is told, um, it, it kind of flies through Old Testament Hebrew scripture aspects of it. Um, it does say there are times when God like gives these rules to help mm-hmm. to keep humanity from devouring itself, yeah, uh, you know, or destroying itself, or that that kind of thing. And I love it, you know. But the law didn't make them better people. This is on page twelve, the top two yep. panels. It just made them feel better about their lack of mercy. Yeah, that, and it shows the woman taking yeah, an adultery, getting ready to be stoned. Yeah, yeah, buried up to her head. Yeah, and um, boy, that's a commentary on today, isn't it? It is. the The page before on page eleven, it says, uh, as it talks about how the how people came together, it says families joined into tribes, tribes into nations, and nations into empires, and all this joining was simply to improve their efficiency at murdering and enslaving each other. Which is a nice. Uh, <laughs> that's a nice twist on a Hobbesian kind of social contract. Yes. That's right. It is, and hey, this this author. Has got background. We yeah. don't we don't know exactly what Mark Russell's uh, credentials are in terms of education and whatever else, but he's he's definitely steeped in the material, both the theology and the philosophy. He yeah. starts in the Garden of Eden, and there's this wonderful depiction on on page ten of of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge <laughs> of good and evil, and all the fruit is in the shape of genitalia. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's just it, the the Im- implications and the metaphors are right. are ripe. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's see what I did there. I saw Wipe. what you did. That yep. was very good. Did you want me to comment on that? Do you want to say? No, you do you can't. want to give the line again so I can laugh? No, that's okay. all right. All right, happy to I'm, help. I'm, out. I'm already over it. It's my superpower, <laughs> getting over it. And then the archangel appears, and we're right. we're into this. I mean, we quickly get this is this is less the Matthew, Mark, mm. uh, the mess, less the Matthew and Luke. Um, account and much more the Mark account. Yeah. Where, although a mix of John and Mark, right? The way it comes together. Well, the angel is in Luke. And, right. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's conflating all the Gospels, but it's appropriate yeah. in this sense. I mean, he does it. He does the birth narrative of Jesus in a page, basically. Yeah. And then gets you right into his ministry and what he's doing and he sets out. And then the next panel, boom, he's back in heaven. Right. I, I want to just say the the we have a little bit of the relationship that Jesus has growing up with this other person, um, uh, Shimon. Yeah, 
Uh, and and you see this compassion in Jesus, and and, and this mm-hmm. is an ongoing, um, ongoing thread throughout throughout that he's someone there for him, someone who's who's about relationships, about being you know trusting people, loving people. I mean, really, yeah, the way Jesus is is portrayed is is beautiful. Um, and but yeah, you're right. And then it's it's really quick. We see that, and then yeah, it's crucified. Interesting thing on page uh, 16, where uh, at the the second panel on the top, Shimon says, Jesus, what are you doing? And Jesus says, father's dead. My brothers are grown. It's time I do what I came to earth to do. That was an interesting Mm. note to me because it it reminded me that we, we take a lot of leeway in the story of Jesus' birth. And I don't remember where that, I've heard that before, that at at the death of Joseph, mm. Jesus has set out. And I think it's mostly used as a retcon to to help people understand why Joseph isn't present for all those things that oh, Mary is present for. Yeah. Yeah. That he's died. But but I, in my understanding, this doesn't appear anywhere in any canonical scriptures in Christianity. No. no. So it's, it's obviously somebody's tried to explain why Joseph isn't there. Yeah. And so in one little panel... Of the comic, yeah. he alludes to this kind of body of gossip and, and knowledge around scripture and how it comes together. And, and, and a wonderful moment of incarnational theology in the very next panel where he says, I needed to know what it felt like to be one of you, to be part of a family. Yeah. And that's the greatest gift anyone's given me. I mean, it says something to the dysfunctionality of, of the Trinity. Yeah, Jesus, uh, Jesus speaking there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus is saying that. But that's a beautiful... Um, depiction of incarnation, that God very much yeah, so for God to come and walk amongst us to live as us to know what it's like to suffer and to hurt and to love and to to laugh yeah as we do and then of course we jump to the point where clearly Jesus has died he doesn't yeah. depict the death of Jesus but takes us right there because we're back in heaven's waiting room right I guess yeah. where God hangs out and drinks wine and watches people flounder and and prays for the progress of his son. And uh, and he he's God is done with the whole experiment. Yeah, he's pretty ticked off when he's watching yeah. them crucify Jesus. He's thirty three t- years you lasted down there for thirty three years. He says, <laughs> God says to Jesus, <laughs> I was down there for millennia. Yeah, thirty three yeah. years, and you get killed. And Jesus, what does he want to do? He wants to go back, and and God yeah. says no. So here's where we diverge from Orthodox Christianity. Right. Um, in this sense, there is no resurrection. Exactly. Um, Jesus just has to stay. God won't let him go back. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to see you have them do that to you again. He's recalled. And this is where I, this point of the book for me, we're, we're not even, we're just halfway through the first of yeah. two books we're going to talk about. But for me, this is a lovely example of how you can inject the author's voice and ideas into the established storyline of what we know about scripture. And I think this stuff is wonderful and inventive, mm. but this is precisely where the folks who rail against this stuff get yep. their hackles up. Yep. And they say, that is not what happened. We know what happened. Yep. And, and of course, my response to that is, how? How do you know what happened? Because right. he's, one, he's taken this wonderful opportunity where scripture doesn't say anything about what happened in those days 
in heaven mm-hmm. after Jesus was crucified and take some artistic license with it. Yeah. And it's 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 wonderful. I think Christians should should enjoy this kind of literature if it, they can. And I don't think it's blasphemous. It's it's just one person's idea. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he denies the resurrection, which does kind of go contrary to Orthodox Christianity. Sure. Um, but but that's okay for the story. And, and and yeah, and it it plays with it more, and I think that's all right. We should probably. Pick it's up. a story. Yeah, it's it not is. scripture. Yeah, that's that's it. But if that's going to offend you so much you can't read it, then don't read it. That's right. Don't read it. We should probably pick up the pace a little bit. Um, so we're <laughs> so inter- we introduce Sunstar, the character of Sunstar. Yes, and Sunstar. Is that the right? Yeah, his, yeah. His his name isn't mentioned that much, but uh, uh, yeah, Sunstar and Sunstar is the uh, is the Superman. Character. He's got a red cape. Yep. He's got a yellow blazon on his chest. It's so obviously Superman. He's got the black Clark Kent hair. Oh, spoiler. Clark Kent is Superman. Sorry. Oh, crumb. What? Huh? Yep. Wait, what? Boy, I dropped that on the people. Yeah, I guess did. they probably already Let's know. hope so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it really is a one for one. And it, uh, I guess it is important to show that there's some robots steal, robbing a bank, and Sunstar comes yep. and just destroys the robots, like yep. tears Rips them, them to pieces. Um, and and we think it's funny because the way the robots are responding, they're like, "No, please don't!" And um, you know, responding with this way of like, "Ah, it hurts." Right. <laughs> um, right. You know, like a robot could be hurt. Right. And and God sees it and says, "Hey, check this guy out." So it's interesting that God sees the Superman archetype and says. This is a godlike person. You need to learn how to be a god. Go hang out with him. Exactly. And that's the So Superman is going to teach Jesus how to be a real savior for the people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which So wow. again, God's limitations, right? Right. God's limitations to see what's really going on here. And what does it say that the real savior, I love the way you said that, is the one who has um you know, unlimited strength and vulnerability and just beats the crap out of people yeah. as a way to get his point across. Yeah. It, isn't that the savior we look for sometimes, more times Indeed than not? Indeed it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allegedly, that's what the people were looking for under Rome, the Roman rule and the empire. When the, I mean, from from the legacy of, of our Christian part of the story to the Maccabees, and the, there's always, you know, that hope that the, the Messiah will come and and free right. the Jewish people, and and of course, then we adopt that in problematic ways. Um, but yeah, that that power and might is gonna is gonna be the thing that rules. People are yeah. you know, even in twenty twenty one looking for that. Yeah. So um, Jesus is sent down to join him. There's we get a little bit of uh, of Sunstar's backstory that you know he is an alien. He does really. He tries to f- save as many people as possible. He yep. worries about a plane missing. He and if his- you know Superman, you know Sunstar. Except Sunstar has an existential dread yeah. that we don't always get from Superman. So of course you're going to find out that the hero is not the perfect hero. Yep. Um, God is. God has obviously once again made an interesting choice placing his hope in someone to help his son that, that has his own raft of problems. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, um, uh, so, yeah, and he, and, and Sunstar and his girlfriend are trying to have a baby, but they can't, she can't get pregnant because he's an alien, um, from another planet. And Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, in the Superman, in the comic, the other comics, they actually make it work. Um, right. So, so, but that shows some real vulnerability too. That, and right. you can see he wishes he could change things. He's, you know, that you see a weakness there. So we see humanity, right, in Sunstar, which is fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful little scene in heaven. Um, fantastic, funny little moment where a guy's showing up to heaven and God says. Uh, you're not supposed to be here. There's actually a lake of fire. I'm really right. sorry for this. And then says, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God God definitely takes it on the chin more than anybody else yeah, in, this, in this account. But God is big. Yeah. God can take it. That's right. That's right. I say that all the time. Yeah. Bring God everything. God can take it. Even bring God your satire. It's okay. And, and it was it very, hurt. It was, I thought it was very funny, that yeah. scene. And then God shows up and says to Jesus, says to Sunstar, shows up to Sunstar and his girlfriend, like, I want you to take care of my son for a little while. I want you to take yep, care of I'm Jesus. Sending him down. And they have this wonderful, on page 30, we're still in the first issue. Yeah. Um, Sunstar and Jesus have this moment where they interact with some criminals. And Sunstar goes in to do it mm-hmm. the Sunstar way, knocking heads together and beating people up over trading cards. Yeah, counterfeit, card game. counterfeit trading cards. Yep, and he busts it up and, and piles them up outside the window, battered and bloodied. And then he comes out a- after the after the leader commits suicide to avoid being captured. Yeah. Um, he, Sunstar comes out to find all the guys he's going to take to jail, and he finds just Jesus sitting alone on yeah. page 33. <laughs> and, and, said, and Jesus says, I've, I healed them and he said, because they needed They healing. needed it. All right, we're gonna let's let's skip ahead to near the end I, I, uh, of this. So what happens is Sunstar starts to realize he's not always right um, mm. with the judgment he brings on people. That's right, um, and he makes a very big mistake. Uh, in, in remember the, the robots? Yeah, they were actually humans in robot costumes. He then also threatens and then accosts someone because he has the wrong address. Um, the uh, the scene oh. of heaven is hilarious, by the way, and, and the devil is interesting. But we probably should start to to wrap it up a bit. But I, I want to get to that <laughs> last line. So so uh, sun- give me a page. Um, so I'm coming up on page sixty two. Okay. And this is after Sunstar really screwed up, and mm-hmm. you don't know, but it looks like he murdered someone wrongly, or at least like horribly. Yeah. Damaged him. It's something. And, and the line is, I'm going to read these. Uh, so the last couple of, pa- of panels, like Sun starts really now in, in guilt, in a place of guilt and, and grief. He's blown it completely. Yeah. So Jesus says, you came back to find that God or no God, you're still the same person with the same problems you had before. Sun Star says pretty much. Jesus says, I understand you're not the first person who had an intense experience with God that didn't last. Oof. He continues, I love my father, but there's something you need to know about him. God is the life of the party. He's not the guy who helps you clean up afterwards. Mm. Mm. Sunstar, Sunstar, he's right there, is good. And then we're getting to my favorite, I texted this to you as well. Yeah. Sunstar says, I should have listened to you. And Jesus says, and this is, boy, what, a, what an ending is this. Yeah. In my experience, force usually fails. Mm-hmm. Of course, mercy often fails too. <laughs> But it does so more pleasantly. Mm. I thought that's, wow, what a line. Yeah, I, I want to back up to that. God is the life of the party. 
Mm. He's not the guy who helps you clean up afterwards. This is so much in again in one panel. Mm-hmm. Russell Russell sur- surmises the the whole creation story. God puts everything in motion. God yeah. is God isn't just the life of the party. God gives the party its life. He's the one mm. who sets the whole thing rolling. And then with our free will and everything else, we make mess after mess after mess. Thanks yeah. God for that. And does God help us clean up? No. God doesn't have to wear a mask, two masks, because variant strains are coming. <laughs> God, God doesn't have to lose God's job and then find another one at the worst possible time. God, God doesn't have to have right. all these broken relationships and tatters around him. That's us. That's us. And yes, we call on God to help us. We ask God for strength mm. and for for patience and for all these things, but we have agency and right. and we are the cleanup crew. And, and especially it's when hard. we make bad choices, we can't say, God, can you just fix this? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not how now I do believe God stays with us and is present with us Absolutely. and helps us through this. Yeah. But but yeah. And then that mercy usually fails too, but does so pleasantly. Right. I I, I think that, you know, we, we think about it, it changes the whole terms of success and, and failure. Mm-hmm. That we think we've got to have a victory, otherwise we're a failure. Sure. And not and not yeah. how do we get there? And and what are we gonna lose? Rather than how will there? I learn from all my failures today? Yeah. It's how will I win, win, win. So and instead of saying, How is today gonna be a success, say how is today gonna be a day of mercy? How will today be a day of mercy? What will today teach me? Mm. How will I be a part of the more slightly more pleasant outcome? Yeah, and that 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 dichotomy, force fails, mercy fails, but does so more pleasantly. It's so understated, but I think yeah. it relates to I, I think he's also hinting at the quality of a life lived in mercy as opposed to the quality mm-hmm. of a life lived in force. Those people that I know that rely on force as their prime mover, whether verbal force or physical force or however they just the you know those people who who yeah. knock their way through the world, they are some of the most angry and dissatisfied people I know. Yeah. Whereas those people that I I know who routinely routinely think about the needs of all those around them are are so much more at peace with their outcomes day over day. And maybe that's that pleasantness that he's hinting to. Folks, yeah. obviously, this is a rich text. And, and if, if nothing else, I hope that our talking about just these few episodes we've been able to highlight, and we'll yeah. plan it out a little better for next time. Obviously, we yeah. got away from us. But well, we hopefully <laughs> you'll, you'll pick this up because we think it's a, yeah. obviously, we think it's a fantastic story. Yeah. A lot of so, fun. Um, so next week we'll talk about uh, issues three and four, mm-hmm. uh, and and then finish at the time after that. And if you'd For, like to read along, again, you can get this on Amazon. You can get it at local comic sellers that have it. If you have a local friendly local comic store, try and seek yeah. it out from them and order it. Um, and then you can also read it digitally if you don't want more comics in your house. So for a prayer... Mm-hmm. I have a poem, and Charlie, I was just thinking that this one might be good if we go back and forth with the stanzas again, because it's on oh. the longer side. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to send it to you. Um, this great. is by Elizabeth Alexander, and it was done I don't at, know Elizabeth Alexander. 
I don't either. Oh, okay. but it, it was uh, read at uh, or it was for Obama's inauguration. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I I believe not for his first one because that was the Maya Angelou yes. prayer, right? Yeah. Um. So this was for his. Yeah, uh, second one. This is called Praise Song for the Day. And are you okay if we make this the prayer? Oh, please. Let's okay. do it. So uh, you, you brought it. You'll start praying, then I'll, I'll pray, and yeah, we'll make it happen. And, and let's hear how God speaks. I mean, God speaks through many mediums. I think God is speaking through that, that comic yeah. um, in, in, its own, in God's own kind of way, and God speaks through this poem as well. All right, Lovely. so Praise Song for the Day by Elizabeth Alexander. Each day we go about our business, walking past each other, catching each other's eyes or not, about to speak or speaking. All about us is noise. All about us is noise and bramble, thorn and din, each one of our ancestors on our tongues. Someone is stitching up a hem, darning a hole in a uniform, patching a tire, repairing the things in need of repair. Someone is trying to make music somewhere with a pair of wooden spoons on an oil drum with cello, boombox, harmonica, voice. A woman and her son wait for the bus. A father considers the changing sky. A teacher says, take out your pencils, begin. We encounter each other in words, words spiny or smooth, whispered or declaimed, words to consider, reconsider. We cross dirt roads and highways that mark the will of someone and then others who said, I need to see what's on the other side. I know there's something better down the road. We need to find a place where we are safe. We walk into that which we cannot yet see. Say it plain that many have died for this day. Sing the names of the dead who brought us here, who laid the train tracks raised the bridges. Picked the cotton and the lettuce, built brick by brick the glittering edifices they would then keep clean and work inside of. Praise song for struggle. Praise song for the day. Praise song for every hand-littered sign at the figuring it out at kitchen tables. Some live by love thy neighbor as thyself. Others by first do no harm or take no more than you need. What if the mightiest word is love? Love beyond material, fil- filial, national. Love that cast a widening pool of light. Love with no need to preempt grievance. In today's sharp sparkle, this winter air, anything can be made, any sentence begun, on the brink, on the brim, on the cusp. Praise song for walking forward in that light. Amen. Amen. That's All right. A, what, what a great poem. Indeed. I should look her up, see what else she's written. I'm sure she's... Yeah, it's always other... interesting when a poet gets catapulted onto the national stage. Poetry tends to be the art that's... You know, so many people write poetry. It's it's kind of one of those arts that has the lowest bar to entry. And, and yet we don't yeah. celebrate it except at certain times in our national life when somebody gets invited to pray a prayer at something like... An inauguration or, or what have right. you. But poetry is happening all the time and it's yeah. enriching in spiritual life. It is, yeah. That will be another that could be another episode we can Indeed. talk about poetry. But we have comics for now. Comics for now. Poetry High bar. Day.
<laughs> well, I hope everyone uh, has a good week. Continues to stay safe, stay warm. It's mm -hmm. it's getting it's getting cold this week. Indeed. Uh, but spring is coming. It is. And and don't forget, you don't have to change your clocks this week. That's right. That's not for a little bit longer. Got a little break, but <laughs> yeah. almost there. Almost there. All right, All right everybody, go get everyone. Second Coming. Hope you love it. Bye. Yes. Kitchen Table Spirituality is a part of the 12 Enough Network. Your hosts were Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Charlie Eastman, pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. You can send any comments or questions about this episode or other episodes to 12enough at gmail.com. Find the show notes at 12enough.com. And please rate and like the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you find fine podcast listening. Thank you very much for listening. I'd be called um, McSolong. I would be the giggler. <laughs>